The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter in each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence. You are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rate the Record podcast, episode 96. Oh, my God. So much music I liked from 1996. Yeah, this Pretty is this is when our nostalgia starts really ringing strong. Like you and I have to be like, what, seven years old at this point? You're turning eight, probably. Yeah. I'm thinking oh, yeah. about my own life, so I have no idea. <laughs> well, anyways, your, your hosts who are long past the ages of seven, eight are Chris and... And Savannah, my name is Savannah. Yes, that is us. And this is the Right to Record podcast. So welcome. We're glad that you're here. Thank you very much for joining us today, hanging out, listening to music, as we always do on the show. It's always glad. We're, we're always glad to have you here. And so if you like what you see and we're here today, if you like what we do, and if you think that we're just good enough for it, you can show your support for the show by doing like, subscribe, rate, share, comment, and follow all of those things really do help build the channel it builds up in the algorithm more eyes and ears on the prize more people is joining in on the conversation that's what we really want out of this and you can help that by doing those very simple and free things and you can do all those free things too over at ratetherecord.ca that's ratetherecord.ca where you get all the streaming links all the social links to follow us on social medias join the rtr club for five bucks a month and get a bunch of cool bonus stuff and like advanced videos and stuff like that it's great also get merch and request albums because we've done plenty of those we got more coming up too it's all good there's the merch advantages showed off in the thing once again i'm not wearing my own merch i'm wearing spotlight and nine inch nails so that's cool but anyways if you want rtr merch you can go to ratetherecord.ca for all of that cool stuff i imagine any listeners they're like they want us to they want us to buy their mugs and shirts but we haven't even heard how good this show is so you know what buckle in gonna be great well you, you gotta put it in your head now so if you like it you know that we have merch by the time we're done so it's like, yeah you know what i like this so i'm gonna go ahead and buy a t-shirt or a b-tier hat maybe you love the b-tier <laughs> so much like we do and you'll buy a hat or a mug or something like that because i call it the b-tier series because they all just say b-tier hat b-tier shirt I love it. mug <laughs> we'll add more eventually and i'll add more b-tier merchandise as well eventually but that's that's <laughs> then and that's that that's a whole different subject today we are doing an album. Oh my God, like we always do. And today I chose it though, because that's what we do on the show. And today for episode nine, I was going to say 1996, might as well be. <laughs> for episode 96, I have chosen for the video viewers, you can see it. This album right here, Our Lady Peace and their 1997 album, Clumsy. I actually have the vinyl audio listeners. You can hear the asthma. Um, I am also tapping the compact disc that I donated maybe 20 years ago. Here's a but close of Ray Maida's face. Ah, he's so unimpressed. <laughs> yeah, actually, I bought this uh, vinyl on sale not too long ago. It's uh, and lo and behold, the first time I pulled it out to put it on my record player, I dropped it. <laughs> it's cursed. It's like the it's first cursed. time I've ever done that too. Like I, I've oh. never dropped a record. I'm super careful. This yeah. one time, it like oh. slipped a little awkwardly, and now there's a minor scuff on it. I was like, it was <laughs> brand fucking new. It didn't. I, I listened to it, so it's fine. It's fine. I am pained. To hear that this is the first time that you've done that because that is not a good omen for this show. It is it is giving you bad juju. I think this we got a D tier 
All right. I'll just say, am I about to scuff the score today? <laughs> I I hope not. Uh, I would certainly hope not either. Uh, we we both grew up with an album like this, even if it wasn't like, you know, top one in our catalog. You and I were around yeah. the same time when this album became huge, especially here in Canada. Uh, oh Americans, Americans, apparently not. And I will I'll actually mention that in just a bit. But before we get started uh, to everyone who came back to the show, we've been here before. Welcome. Glad to have you here. Always glad to see familiar faces or whatever in the crowd or at least usernames, I guess. <laughs> Uh, if you're new here, you don't know what we do. So each week, Savannah and I, we will choose an album, discuss it at length from front to back. We, we also do anniversary ones and we do requests as well. I'm getting way ahead of myself, but regardless, we do choose, choose an album, discuss it at length from front to back. We rank the song and then we rate, rate the, the record. record. See, I'm trying to get faster with it. Now it just sounds like I'm panicking. <laughs> <laughs> gotta pee, gotta pee, gotta pee. See, when I changed, I can't even say change the script. There's no script, but like in my head, there's that static script. And when I change that is when I start That's to it. freak out. Well, it's, it's like when you take a uh, a different route home and you get home like half an hour later, and you're like, I got lost because I took one wrong turn. You have no idea where you are. Yeah, I took the scenic route home. That scenic route took three days to get home from a five minute walk. <laughs> Right. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> but yes, uh, as I said, I chose today's album. Uh, yeah, you and I don't really have a, like a lot of uh, choices in this particular half of the season because there's like a lot of anniversaries. There's like a yeah. lot of requests. There's one coming yeah. next week, too. So keep that in mind. Heck yeah. But this week I chose Our Lady Peace and their 1997 album Clumsy. So allow me to tell you a little more about it if my mouse decides to work. Here it is. Our Lady Peace is an alternative rock band uh, originating from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. The band formed in 1992 under the name As If. When, God, what a, what a time for that name to come around. Yeah. That's very timely. When guitarist Mike Turner placed an ad in the Toronto-based newspaper called Now, looking for band members, and the ad was answered by a then 22-year-old Michael Maida, and eventually he would have his name changed to what we know him as today, Rain Maida. Oh, what a nerd. Yeah, no, right? Oh, yeah, what a hippie. Drain made <laughs> Turner invited a couple of his friends to join the band as well. Drummer Jim Newell and bassist Paul Martin. They went to the studio with him and... Oh, wait, sorry. I went way ahead there. Turner and Maida attended a music seminar where they met the owner of uh, Arnyard Studios, Arnold Lanny. They went into the studio with him and began writing new material under the new name Our Lady Peace. Because, you know, as if wouldn't have not aged very well at all. Right. <laughs> they started defining underground success when they were given show slots with another up and coming band from Windsor, Ontario, that being the Tea Party. Hell I think yeah. Splendor Solace would have just come out around that time. So, yeah, they were just like new to the scene, too. Uh, they also made a cheap video for their song Out of Here, which would get a rotation on much music occasionally on one of their indie shows. Paul Martin was soon replaced on bass by Chris Ecret, uh, I believe it's called, and a then 17-year-old drummer Je Jeremy Taggart, who would replace <laughs> Noel on drums. The band would go on uh, in 1994 to release their debut album, Navid. The band did relatively well with that album, though it did take a little time for it to catch on. The band would eventually get Canadian and American record deals through Columbia, as well as opening slots for the bands uh, for bands such as Van Halen and Alanis Morissette, who was in the midst oh, wow. of changing her sound and presentation at the time, i.e. Jagged Little Pill. They came out just at the perfect times, like right place, right time, eh? Holy. Yeah, well, I mean, Van Halen, made, <laughs> like opening for Van Halen in the 90s couldn't have been such a huge thing. <laughs> well, I mean, sort of coming up with other bands at the same time and you're lumped in with them. So if they succeed, you're kind of brought up with them, whether you suck or not. So lucky. <laughs> and and I, I, I 
I, everyone knows that Jagged Little Pill saved Alanis Morissette's career. Not that it was tanking, yeah. but like that change in sound was like huge. It would have tanked if she stayed. Would have tanked. Oh yeah, she'd be forgotten. You kidding me? She yeah. wouldn't even be around anymore. Hell yeah. Uh, Ecret, uh, thankfully, it's the last last time I had, last time I have to say his name because uh, he would depart the band in 1996. I really don't know how to pronounce that name. And the position, oh god, I gotta slow down. The position would be filled by the band's current bassist, Duncan Coutts. Cool. That that name is weird too. With the new lineup set, they entered the studio to get to work on their second studio album. I that was very redundant of me to say. Clumsy was released on January 23rd, 1997 under Columbia Records. It was recorded at the formerly mentioned Ar- uh, Arnyard Studios and was produced by Arnold Lanny, as mentioned before. And Lanny was also a founding member of the band Sheriff, and he's also pr- produced for bands such as Finger Eleven, Simple Plan, Thousand Foot Crutch, and more. I can yeah. see it. Do you know, I'm assuming you know who Sheriff is. No, I actually don't. Oh, it's like an 80s rock band. I thought you would have known for sure. Oh, no. Uh, the album received generally positive reviews, with Sputnik Music giving it a 4.5 out of 5. Music Critic and our passed-by lunchroom buddies at All Music gave it a 4 out of 5. That first relationship is just strained every single week. It's getting worse and worse. But when you pass, you got to hit them with your shoulder. Well, it's just yeah, one of those, like, check-up. you walk by the lunch table and just give them, like, a nod because you two know each other type deal, but you don't say anything. Ah, uh, uh, not friends. Yeah, it's been sinking for a while now. And AMZ <laughs> gave it a 3.5 out of 5. So yes, generally favorable reviews. The album hit number one in Canada, but as I alluded to earlier, it didn't do so well in America, only hitting 76 on the U.S. Billboard charts. But you know what? It hit the top 100. Maybe that's a good thing right? to look at. The right. album went certified diamond in Canada and platinum in the U.S. So I guess good enough that it sold a million albums. The album produced five singles, Superman's Dead, Clumsy, Automatic Flowers, Carnival, and 4AM. Carnival being the only one that didn't have a music video. Cool. I remember all of them because I owned the album and I think I got it the year it came out. Thank you, Dad, in the Columbia House um, uh, order sheet or whatnot. Um, well, he would be like, like... the tail end of it, yeah. Right? He was like, pick whatever you want. So I, a myriad of different uh, albums and this was one of my favorite ones out of that and definitely paints a specific time for me which i'm sure it does for a lot of people as well Well, he he probably bought the full price cds so you could have like the one cent cds yeah he probably got the good ones but that's fine i'll inherit them (laughs) <laughs> one one of these days, I, I I don't want to sound too dark about that. One of these days in the future, there you yes. go. Far far future. Let, 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 I don't I don't want to be too dark about that now. All right. Speaking of dying, song number one, Superman's dead. <laughs> okay, so this one, um, as a Canadian, like all you hear is the like first couple bars, and you're like, I know this song, so it's very memorable. At least I want to say it's very memorable, but. This entire review, anything I say that sounds like a generalization, there's an asterisk and it just says in Canada, because I definitely don't speak for any other country. But what happened here? Um, I I just want to point out uh, a thought that I had for this song. Um, it's just about the part where he sings uh, the world's a subway. Now, I want to want to start this whole thing by by saying I think him saying the world's a subway. He's using the submarine sandwich shop subway as a metaphor for life, whereas you can make all the decisions in your life and be sure of everything, but you can't guarantee you'll get what you want from it. He's very insightful. 
I was going to say, so you mean life sucks? Yes, <laughs> because you make all these decisions, but it only takes one person at Subway to mess it all up. I'll, I'll say it. I don't care. Like, I, I, I don't mind Subway. I really do. I, I, people hate it. But like, oh, first off, they're the only place that has gluten free buns. And I kind of need that since I'm celiac. But yeah. second off, it's it's honestly not as bad as any other sub shop. Like, I don't know. Quiznos is fucking overrated. Mr. Sub kind of blows. That's like plain Jane boring shit. I don't know. Um, I I love Subway. That was my first job. And I worked there for like two years. Oh, and, you were a sandwich um, artist. I was. And I am highly critical of the sandwiches they make now. Because um, you know I, the secrets. Right. Yeah. Don't suck. Um, and uh, their sandwiches are delicious. Mr. Sub, I like only because they offer pineapples, but that is just a hot take I'm not willing to defend today. You mean like, OK, I, I, I won't argue about it, but pineapple on the sandwich? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would get like grilled chicken. So it was kind of like what I like on a pizza, but in a sub. I, I wouldn't even complain anyways, because I like pineapple salsa. So, I mean, like that's that, that <laughs> freaks people out. Yeah, Anyways, uh, we we have an actual song to talk about, not just food. Uh, we oh. do that a lot on this podcast, don't we? Oh heck yes. Um, yeah, you're right. This is kind of iconic, but again, it's probably just to people like us, though, i.e., Canadians, yeah. <laughs> because like it's just one of those things that you're intimately familiar with. Everyone knows this song, and Ray made this like crazy Jim Carrey esque falsetto. Uh, well, yeah. I, I say Jim Carrey esque because it's more or less an inside joke between me and my sister when we were kids. We always imagined Jim Carrey doing those weird, fucking high vocal things that he does. Mm-hmm. It probably makes no sense, but that was just our inside joke, so I had to bring it up <laughs> at the very least. Um, I do like that it's kind of like a little quieter for a little while, and the bass actually waits to kick into the song. Mm-hmm. I thought that was nice because uh, it's the beginning of the album, and I like this like building an anticipation feeling that that creates. And obviously the song just like gets like more and more intense as it goes. That happens a few times in this album, but it's it's kind of cool that they started off with this one. At yeah. first, I wasn't sure how I felt about this being a starter, but I mean, I'm fine with it. But I could have sworn in my uh, Mandela effect reality that Automatic Flowers was the first song in the album. No, I I always remember it was track it was two. <laughs> but uh but yeah, definitely some animated vocals through this entire album, and some are a little better performed than other, or executed, rather. Or uh, oh my god, my I'm just like you right now. I swear to God, this entire episode is just going to be clumsy. Like I feel like we should just lean into it at this point. At, at this at this point, people would think that we're <laughs> actually doing this on purpose. <laughs> That's what we want you to think. It's working. Um, <laughs> oh. So I'm just going to move on to my next point. I like the bridge. I like the underwater vocal effect. I don't know what it is, but I always just thought he was drowning. It's very interesting. I find that it keeps his treble-filled whine from being too loud because there are times here that it just feels too loud. Like he thinks that the, that the bass is drowning him out or something. So there's some sort of competition. And uh, yep, that's, that gets old some places. Um, but I do appreciate the I think it's like a tremolo kind of thing in his voice. It's very like, uh, and he, yeah, that completely cut out. I heard none of that. Good. <laughs> um, I do appreciate it uh, during the post chorus bit. And he does do it again, noticeably on the last track. So maybe it's sort of a theme first track and track. I don't know, probably looking too far into it. 
Um, and I uh, like the harmonization during the ending. Never noticed that before. Like harmonization with the instruments or something? No, it was just sort of like, a, I'm not even going to try and mimic his voice, but you can tell that he's kind of doing those little improv vocalizations, which that term I'm going to mention at least 16 more times in this review. I don't mind his crazier vocal takes. Like it's fine. Like it, it made him stand out amongst the rest. Like what can you do as a singer that people are going to remember you for? Sometimes it's just simply your tone, but sometimes it's what you do. And yeah. also he, I think he stopped doing this after uh, happiness is a fish. Like the next album yeah. that came out. I had that one too. Cause then, <laughs> well, cause I think that was one of their last good albums. Like, like spiritual machines was kind of okay. But then everything that one was kooky, and then Gravity came out, and it's like, oh, you're a pop band now. Yeah, because like In Repair was like the last good song that they did that I actually cared about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I don't know, I I like those little things. I th I think it's neat. It kind of fits them, and I, it always gave me a laugh as a kid. So I think it's nostalgic in a weird <laughs> way. Uh, the bass on this album is pretty cool, but in this song, it actually does a lot more cool things than I remember it doing when I like heard the song like a billion times before mm -hmm. uh so that's cool that i was able to discover that in headphones and like listen very clearly and judgmentally so i dig that cool <laughs> stuff uh and yeah i like that the second half of the track is different like because you, you got your verses and choruses in the beginning and then the whole second half of the track is like kind of like a very either a very long outro or like a whole second track all together but it all ties in really well. Uh, I, I think it's way more fitting and better than what the verses or courses could have done to add the song. So yeah. I really like that we're off to a strong start with this one. Um, I was going to uh, reference something you said, but I completely forget what it is now. Um, so I, I do like the music. The guitar has some interesting parts and it really does fit the song nicely. Was it the bass by um, chance? The, it actually was not. I noticed that it didn't really, like, for me, the bass didn't really stick out too much. It really just, like, played its part, did its thing, and it, you know, didn't didn't overstay its welcome, anything like that. And even in some songs, I couldn't really tell it was there, which was kind of disappointing. Um, but I find that the drums are very cymbal-heavy, and I know I'm going to hate that going forward. And I'm pretty sure that I mentioned that another 16 times. Um, and I'd be lying if I said I didn't air drum the last minute of the minute of this song. But every I, single time. I don't really think it's this album gets too symbol heavy at all. If anything, they he lies a lot more into the uh, actual like deeper percussions. There are some there. Are, well, I mean, we have an entire well, 10 more songs to do, but there are songs where it's just. I'm like, okay, take a fucking break. Take I, I, a little break, please. Zoom cut out a lot of that, but I like, That's fine. like two or three, and then it was just like this weird digital dithering sound. <laughs> then you, then the the listeners have been blessed more than I was listening to and all the time. <laughs> Doesn't matter well, to me. Maybe the listeners should be listening to the album so that way they can mm -hmm. kind of like you know go for the ride with us. Exactly. Well, speaking of the other songs on the album, let's go for it. Song number two, another one of the singles, Automatic Flowers. So I always found that this song has sort of a similar vibe to Superman's Dead. But this one is like, for me, audi more audibly comfortable to listen to because I don't know if it's just like, uh, like a different, like lower key. It just doesn't sound as 
I don't, I really wish that I knew music terms so I could explain this properly. I I, I think I know where you're going with it because I have a note similar to that because like I, I generally like the darker atmosphere of this track. Maybe that, okay, yes. Yes. I think one of the things that really kind of emphasizes that darker atmosphere, too, is like that the really quiet organ you can hear in the background of the verses. I think that it really emphasizes that point. It drives it forward. So I I, I like that, that again, that darker atmosphere kind of feeling. So that's probably what you're getting, because I I feel like um, although it was still more of a minor key, Superman Dead was felt a little warmer than this track, I guess. I don't know. It's hard hard to just it's hard to describe. Like tonally, I think this one was warmer, but just like the the atmosphere of this one made it feel colder. Uh, Like, I don't know, it just felt dark all around. I really liked it. Um, I really thought this song had a super cool drum groove, too. And there's like, uh, I'll say that a lot in this album, too. The drum grooves in this album are fucking great. Uh, Jeremy Taggart is a great drummer. Uh, even if you don't like all the symbols, it happens sometimes. But again, this is actually a song where I feel like he plays a lot into the, the deeper percussions, like the verses. He's like playing a lot of the toms and stuff like that. And if you've been mm-hmm. on the show before, you know damn well that I talk about the tom drums a lot. And trust me, they're all over the place on this damn thing. So it's pretty cool. Um, so just speaking of the drums, I do appreciate the drums and I stand by that for the whole album. They're actually fun to listen to. And little side note, uh, when Getty Lee released his solo album in 1999 or 2000, um, Jeremy played drums on one of the tracks. So he was actually kind of all over the place for a little while because to our American friends who might not know who our lady piece is, you kind of do because uh, in the epic classic heroes by Chad Kroger and Josie Scott, oh God. Oh, uh, Jeremy Taggart was the drummer in the video. I don't know if he did drums in the song. He probably did, but uh, cause mm-hmm. like it was a super group. Cause then the, uh, the lead singer of theory of a dead man was also in the video before theory of a dead man was actually like big though. So, I mean, yeah. it's like this unknown spiky haired dude in the background. I don't remember who played, played bass but jeremy taggart was the drummer in the video so there you go you've you've seen him i know you've seen it because that's like that's like an american national anthem essentially i don't know probably is it should be everyone's national anthem (laughs) gross um i i i was kind of salty in this song a little bit now this isn't an overarching sort of uh hey savannah hates this album just because i have criticisms here and there but how did Our Lady Peace have as much success as they did or kind of still do? Um, there are vocal parts in this song that sound strained as all fuck. And I there, I listen to this critically now and I'm just like, how do people buy this? this there's a lot of vocalists I could say that for. The Offspring right. will always be like my main example. Oh my God. Have you heard them recently? No, and I don't want to. You don't. Don't it's 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 like a Vince Neil thing. But even even back then, though, like his voice was just like high pitched, nasally monotone type thing. And like, I, I don't get how people like that, but people loved it. Right. Yeah. Also, like, I don't know. It's like his vocals aren't terrible. They sound a little strained, but like it kind of fits the the, the time because it was the alt rock era. Yeah. And like, you know, vocalists were going a little crazy with it. And, you know, Les Claypool had his success and he wasn't all that great of a singer. But I mean, like. He is so much better, though, only because his voice is at that audible, not, yeah, I guess audible, um, but like audibly comfortable range where it's not too high and it's not too like very white bass filled. It's in that nice sort of middle ground that's pleasing where Rain Maida is sort of at the 
higher end of that where you're like, okay, you're straddling the line of insufferable and tolerable. But I, I like that push. I think it fits. I think it works. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know. I've never thought twice about it. Uh, I did this time, but every other time before this, I didn't think about it. So it, it really got to me the more I was listening to it. It just kind of he was drilling it into my head. I will say on the note of the vocals, too, um, there are portions of the actual chorus itself when when he gets to the refrain of him saying these automatic flowers won't do. Um, uh-huh. You can hear like the the the, the process vocals behind him, like doing that kind of use of the underwater thing. I can't remember the yeah. name of that effect, but like I know which one you're talking about. I thought that was really cool. I really like that good textural choice to throw in. Just made it sound cool. Good little harmony to have back there. So there's just like cool choices thrown in all over this song and the other ones too. There's actually a few other songs I really note that on too. And the only other note I have is like a, I, the course is fantastic. It's it's one of my favorites on the album. Uh, it's a great pickup from the verse. It's super catchy and easy to sing along to. Uh, and also, th- there's a tambourine in the chorus that actually really helps the rhythm flow a lot easier, I think. Uh, it probably could have flowed fine without it, but like there's something about that tambourine in there just kind of doing its eighth note thing that just like really emphasized like, the energy of the chorus. So I really like it. Too much. Too much. Too much tambourine. Too much cymbals. Too much all of it. I have two more points. The outro with the repeated song title. Um, That happens almost every song. It is annoying to me almost every song. Definitely not annoying here, which the way he sings it, it's just, it's, I don't know. It doesn't sound forced or like they had to, you know, run the tape out. So they just kept going. Uh, It definitely helps the replay value because I don't mind it at all. Um, but I do want to talk about the guitar just slightly. Um, so during the whole like do 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 that part, the guitar is panning just sort of left to right while the bass and drums really like hold down the riff and everything. Um, I'm starting to think that the guitar doesn't want to be a feature in the verses because it like kicks up the chorus and bridges. And I'm starting to see the correlation between what you had said about uh, Bush's 16 stone, where it was like drum and bass in the verse. And then everyone comes in in the chorus, but it was every single song. And spoiler, it's almost every single song here as well. But I think this one was pulled off much better. Well, yeah, but it just having noticing that the next song will do it. The next song will do it. It's kind of like, I don't know if that is like a signature or if it's laziness. Um, but if if you're really not getting any guitar in the verses, I can see why Mike Turner left and was like, fuck this. I'm going to go play some guitar with Crash Karma. Blah, 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 blah. So that's all I got for that song. Well, he probably just didn't like how poppy the direction was. He, he didn't leave until like, what 2011 or 2012 or something like that no he left in 2001 did he yeah no i think wikipedia said something different i believe Uh, maybe maybe i wasn't reading it properly i don't know but um what was i gonna say i was gonna piggyback off a point that you just said in there too uh Mm -hmm. i i don't remember so that'll probably be the end of my points then it was it was definitely 2001 creative differences oh wow Maybe that's uh-huh. why uh, after that, maybe that's why Spiritual Machines was like kind of like the last decent album they did. I am seeing the correlation now. Yes. No. 
there's a lot of cool guitar work in this album. And I will mention as it goes. Oh, and I remember what I was going to say too. Um, because you mentioned like you know, the, the guitar not being a feature in the verses, and like I I mentioned this in a couple other songs, but like. Yeah, in the verses, the guitar just kind of sprinkles in with like certain effects or sounds and everything like that, yeah. while the bass and drums kind of drive its own thing. I compared it to corn because oh, really? like, the, the, the guitars are doing like these weird effects things and like these little layers oh, that kind yeah. of sprinkle in and out while the guitar and bass are doing their, I mean, the drums and bass are doing their own thing. So, like, it reminded me more of a corn album, obviously not in sort of new metal, but in like that same idea of like the yeah. guitars are just there to add like fancy little things once in a while before they finally punch their way in. I guess you do kind of have a point with that because I can't remember any corn guitar riff, but I can totally hear the bass and the drums. So exactly. you might have, a, you might have a, a whole point there. All right. Moving on now. Song number three, Carnival. I love the song that bookends the carnival bit at the beginning, carnival bit at the end. The whole song sounds cohesive because it sounds like what the title is and what he's singing about. I just it's just all one nice, neat little package with a nice little bow on the top. Very disappointed that this single didn't uh, didn't hit better because it's the only one you said you didn't recognize. And that hurts my feelings. <laughs> And I won't spoil the placement on the list, but it's the one I like the least out of the singles. Fantastic. It is the know. weaker of the singles. I will say that much for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is slower paced. It doesn't sound like any of the singles that came before it. So it's sort of like a, what the hell is this? So I can see why it didn't hit better. Um, but I always like this song because it sounds different. Like it, the, I already said all that stuff. Sounds sound matches the title, whole vibe massively cohesive. Um, again, very little to no guitar in the verse, et cetera, et cetera. It's rehashing same things. Yeah, there was there were some things I, I found okay about the track. Like I, I the composition itself was fine. The chord changes, especially in the chorus, were super cool. I like that, but the chorus itself was still like pretty weak. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I didn't really get too much from it. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the song literally came in the bridge with the uh, the low, distorted, fuzzy bass. I thought that yeah. was a really cool sound. Uh, it was very minor touch of the song, didn't really last long. So if you're looking for it, you really got to scrub the audio pretty well to find it. But uh, it lasted long enough that I liked it, made a note of it. So it has that going for it. Uh, but yeah, like I, I wasn't big on like... I, I get the songs called Carnival, but I, I I wasn't big on like the soft like marching style snare drum. I just didn't care much for it. Uh, it but that didn't last long anyways. That, so that was fine because it changes up before the chorus. It disappears for a while, comes back at the end of the song. As you said, it bookmarks it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Not the strongest effort on the album, but I mean, we're three songs in. It's not the worst thing on the album. So that's all I can really say about it. You're right. It is not the worst thing on the album. I everything I have for this song are just like anecdotes, memories and stupid other stuff. So um, let's see. The vocals seem natural and easy. It's always been fun for me to sing this song, even though I'm terrible at harmonizing. Um, I like the song and your review hurts my heart. And having to look you in the eye for the next eight songs is is going to be torture. Well, you don't have to look me in the eye then. I got a bunch of shit around me. Look at the Mars Volta. You like them. I don't like the way they're looking at me. <laughs> yeah, because it's saying intently. It's like, so what do you think of the album? Oh God, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know, and I have this bad feeling now that uh, we're not going to match anything when it comes to songwriting. Because I'm already feeling like it's going to be a zero again, four weeks uh, in a row. 
who who knows? Maybe maybe we uh, in the middle we kind of throw those random ones in maybe the same order. Who knows? That would be nice. That, would, least, that one, would be nice. At least one would be nice, right? It would be nice. Other than that, we're just a couple of big dumb rockets. Ah, song number four, big dumb rocket. I tried. Okay, whatever. I don't care. Anyways, moving on. Big dumb rocket. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so I don't have. I was not even going to entertain any of that. Um, so I don't have much for this one. Um, I do want to start off with a criticism. Surprise. Uh, why did they add the humming at the beginning? It wasn't even through like throughout the following riff that it was mimicking. Uh, what was the point? They didn't show up again in the song. It was just like Rain Maida doing sex noises or trying to tell Mike Turner because Rain Maida thinks he's so much better than Mike Turner going, no, 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 play it this way. And then he hums it to him. And, and, and I want to do, 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 do a disclaimer. I don't hate anybody. These are all hypothetical situations that I find humorous. I know nothing about the band's internal workings, and I am not trying to be rude to anybody. Just funny. Rain Mana became a crypto guy. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It's, it's not a very good thing. Let's just say that much. Being okay. into crypto is not exactly a smart decision. Uh, that's a hot take. I don't care. Anyways, Big Dumb Rockets. Speaking of Big Dumb Rockets, people are like crypto. Uh, but tag I'm it because I'm going to tag in right on the note that you were on there about uh, the humming at the beginning. I'm going to read this yeah. verbatim. Even when I was a kid, I didn't like the very beginning where Rain hums the main guitar riff before it kicks in. Just feels unnecessarily corny. Yes. A hundred percent. Is this the what one we're going to match? <laughs> I hope so. And I hope. Well, I don't know where it is on my list, but hopefully. Okay. I was going to say, we still have to review the rest of the song. We can't just go by the intro and be like, okay, song number five. <laughs> <laughs> we hated it. Bottom of the list. Uh, like we've kind of already hinted at, and like I'll probably say more than once, uh, cool drum and bass groove going on in the verses. Really dig it. Uh, is this where I mentioned? Yes, this is where I mentioned the corn thing. I like how this was written. Just having occasional guitar effects sprinkled in to that very straightforward groove kind of feels like a corn type of thing to do. That's exactly where I wrote that. I feel that like a few times in this album. So, hey, uh, the fact that I caught it then, catching it now, catch it later, it's got to be true. <laughs> it definitely has to. Um, the chorus is decent, although it doesn't really stick out too much on the album. I know that they say the uh, song title, but I wouldn't be able to recall this song from memory, even if I just saw the song title yeah you just have to remember the song by no <laughs> what i have to remember is get up and skip it before that happens um second one <laughs> the, the, the i gotta sit there prepared for when carnival ends or you know what cut, cut 30 seconds off a of carnival and just hit it twice um so the music bit of the bridge is actually quite nice. I enjoy that. Um, the vocalizations are reminiscent of Superman's Dead. It's not um, that all of his vocalizations are because like some of them are wildly different and very pleasing. Uh, but this one was just sort of that breathy, like I, I have COPD and I can't breathe, but I'm trying to sing this song kind of thing. And uh that was all I had for that. So wasn't bad, wasn't good. It just didn't seem very memorable. So it kind of got lost in the shuffle of the album. Yeah, this is definitely one of those ones that I can imagine most people would pass by. Like the only reason why I remember the song is literally the vocal stuff in the beginning. 
Yeah. That's about it. So and like, even when I was a kid, like I, when that would come on, I kind of give a lot of, but I would also hate it at the same time. So when I heard it as an adult, I was like, oh yeah, that. <laughs> I hated this. Um, and I'm not, I'm not even certain what to call it either, but I know we've mentioned it in like past episodes, especially like nineties themed episodes. Uh, but like the tones and like the guitar changes in the track, uh, they have that very easy to identify 90s alt rock sound to them, like everything about it. I think it sounds yeah. good here. I think it sounds fine. But as you kind of said, like nothing to really like grab onto, nothing super memorable, but just like yeah. this is the most, I can say this in, in hindsight, having listened to the entire album now, this is probably the most like 90, alt, 90s alt rock sounding track on the entire album. I do mention one coming up. Um that it sounds very 1997. Um, so I'll see if you agree with that. Um, but I think that that track for me is like the pivotal 90s track on this album. The one so, coming up, you mean? Yeah, yeah. This one will be like number two. Ah, I see. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then we'll move right on uh, to song number five, another single, 4 a.m. Definitely. Unlike some other albums that we've done, this is a definitely a appropriate place to slow it down. Um, I think I would have, I don't know, been mentally fatigued if I had to go one or two more songs of like the same kind of energy. So I really like that it slowed it down. I haven't heard this song in at least a decade, but it still makes me feel things. It's like you like no matter what you're doing, you hear it, you just kind of sit there and you just kind of take it in. That's nice nice well yeah the the song's kind of like about forgiveness so i mean like sad sa sad but happy i don't know because as a song yeah. the song builds up and feels very grand by the end and actually feels happier by the end because like there's a, like this piano that kind of loops through behind the uh -huh. instrumentals and it, it just feels a lot warmer than the beginning the, the beginning of the song feels like a cold dark rainy day but yeah. like the end of the song feels like the sun breaking through the clouds and like it's gonna be okay guys so like this one kind of takes you on like an emotional roller coaster Okay, now I want to share what I think this song is about, only listening to the lyrics and not looking any of them up so I could be incorrect. Um, now, talks about like the time that him and his dad never talked and stuff like that. So I feel like the chorus is really um, upset about the fact that that happened and that all that time was kind of wasted. And when he's like, uh, if I don't make it, know that I loved you all along. And then he's like, um, what does he say after that? Uh, oh, my God. Well, anyways, it feels to me that he's alluding to his father having cancer or some sort of terminal illness where it's like, if I don't make it, like, here's all the things that I wish that I said to you and stuff like that. And then maybe at the end, um, maybe it. I'm making a gesture that maybe he died. <laughs> Passed along. Right? Passed away. Now, I'm going to hand the mic to you so I can look up the lyrics and actually read that one part that I cannot remember. Some about sunny days that we ignore because we're uh, dumb and jaded. Oh, and I hope to God I figure out what's wrong. I feel like his dad got sick is like, if I die, here's all these good things. I really hope I know what's going on. And then at the end, I think he dies. Well, yeah, because and that's kind of, I think what the phone call might even reference too. like, you know, I never thought I'd forget this hate, but then a phone call made me realize I'm wrong. Yeah. yeah. 
so yeah as i said the song feels like it's like revolving around this this idea of like grief and forgiveness so like mm-hmm. you're you're probably not too far off the mark did his dad actually have cancer is that real or did you just make that up uh i made it up but i am gonna look it up while you uh continue on because i'd hate to talk about his dad having cancer if this wasn't a thing <laughs> because look at that poor guy we're just like just writing a false narrative for him now uh but yeah this song was a nice come down to have uh, we're on song five we're not quite halfway through actually we're about there but still it's it's nice to have this uh the instrumentals are really pretty and the introduction like i think i think what really really gets me in the beginning too is like it starts off with like that kind of muffled electric guitar doing like soft chords and strumming rain singing and then like right at the first chorus the introduction of that that acoustic guitar in the bass uh, it is such a beautiful, warm feeling when that comes in because it really kind of fills out the sound again. Like the sound is so much like fuller and richer at that point. It's very soft. Like I get chills when I listen to it just because it's so well in- integrated and produced. So like very, very uh, smart and effective choice. Okay. So seeing how I wasn't listening to any of that. Um, so a pit, So I'm looking this up and it doesn't say anything that I couldn't find anything in that minute um that uh he was sick or anything so we're just going to drop that just in case but uh apparently now i don't know if this is true but the song 4 a.m like four in the morning um apparently his dad's initials are a.m so it's like 4 a.m so he wrote a song for his dad i always wondered why there was no reference to a clock or time in this song right I figured maybe that phone call happened at 4 a.m. and maybe yeah. that's like a dual thing. But uh knowing that, I yeah, I don't think I'm too far off the mark. Yeah, I mean probably not as like you let, let's yeah. just assume he doesn't have cancer. Uh let, let's assume that it's a narrative for somebody else about fictional characters, so that way that, that narrative might actually yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I won't re- I won't repeat what I said, but I just said that the instrumentals are, are very nice, yeah. soft, and in the chorus they're very beautiful, very warm. So uh, I like that, and that that kind of goes off with what I said earlier about like how the song progressively gets brighter and warmer as it goes towards the end, it feels a little more grand, as if like the, the Rain and his dad are meeting up again at the end for the first time in a long time, and there's like I missed you, son, I missed you, dad, heartfelt hug, all that kind of stuff, you know, sun shining. And I I never noticed like the strings like maybe they're you know a synth or something but i never i never noticed that at the end so maybe it does sort of add to that i don't know coming together happiness rays of sunshine and whatnot um but i'm very pleased that this song ended nicely without like those improvised vocalizations it was just you know very restrained and it went out and i really liked it and i think that this is a very uh pleasant song to listen to uh, I love how simple it is, and I do regret taking that for granted, to be honest. When you're really paying attention to it, you realize that it's like it's simple, but it's well executed. Um, and there's nothing in here that feels unnecessary, save for the fucking tambourine that just won't stop once it's started. Where? For like the last the it's like the last half of the song is like like playing, and it's just in the back and i'm like i could we stop doing that please it was the final it was a big grand climax to the entire song i mean like it it worked it was good you could stab me once and i'll go oh sorry accident if you keep stabbing me then i'm like oh no you're like stop doing that that's the symbols first time 
okay, off the hook, that every single time, it's too much. It's too much. Uh, There's a piss poor take. I think it was very well executed. I think it sounds great. If we agreed, this podcast would be boring as hell. Probably, yeah. Uh, the only other note I have is just about the course and how it's like this is indeed a great sing-along course. From the first mm-hmm. time you hear it and it's super quiet and just like very personal, passionate to the end when it's like a little louder with all the big grand instrumentals behind it. This is definitely one of those songs like you put your arm around your buddies and you're just kind of like weeping and singing and one of those drunken moments, I love you, guy. <laughs> and then the next day it's like, yo, did we touch? <laughs> wow, I would hate to be a man. I have nothing else for that song. I do not have friends like that, thankfully, so it's all good. 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 <laughs> no, I, 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 we, we already been to that toxic masculinity talk when we did Idols. And how yeah, I said, like, that, that is true. That is definitely not me. I'm just, I'm definitely playing on the stereotype. Hey, good. Sometimes I just want to check in and, like, make sure that's the case. Oh, yeah. In two weeks, I've become an actual fuckboy piece of shit. Like, two weeks changes a guy like crazy. Well, yeah, you haven't been staring into the camera and fixing your eyebrows, so thank you. Thank you. My big, bushy, weird eyebrows. <laughs> yes. One, my, my right one arcs down further. This one doesn't because I don't know why they grow fucking weird, but I just leave it. Makes me unique. <laughs> Stop looking me in the eye and change. Move on to the next song. Why do I got you shaking? Song number in, six, shaking. <laughs> in my boots, yes. Good. Um, so this song, uh, spoiler, when I was 12, was was I 12? Yeah, about 12, 11. I don't know. I got this album when I was like nine. Um, this was my favorite song on the album. I love that in the chorus, the drums fit well with the lyrics and it hits on certain words of the chorus. And I very much enjoy that because it's just, I don't know, it kind of adds like a playfulness to it that I didn't really hear. And coming off of 4 a.m. and you're kind of like, oh, no, I'm emotionally torn from this. This is like not too aggressive, but aggressive enough that it reminds you, don't forget, we're still a rock band. So I like it. Like what was song. that note that you said a song ago? Oh, yeah, that if uh, we agreed on this podcast, it would be like pure shit. Oh, no. <laughs> See, I thought the course was this is one of the weaker courses on the album for sure. It's heavier, but like it lacks anything attention grabbing. Like I just I did not feel anything for it. Uh, this is probably one of the weaker tracks on the album so far. Uh, I can make a B-side joke, but this literally caps side A. So I I can't say B-side syndrome because it's like tail end of a so whatever i will say at the very least that i like this song had like a lot more like unhinged guitar work if you want to call Mm -hmm. it uh i I like that it kind of like just trails through the verses and everything like that i thought that was cool the little touches of that make the song a little more interesting but that's where it ends for me i hate you so much got you shaking Um, with rage now no just high high disappointment um, so the guitar tone slash chords leading into the chorus kind of, I don't know if I'm saying this accurately, but like, it kind of sounds sort of like sitar like, I don't know. It's, it has like this effect to it that I really enjoy. Um, and this song to me is just as good and fun as the very first time I heard it. So I cannot wait for, uh, the rest of the heartbreak that I'm going to experience the farther we go into this.
Well, I mean, then don't worry about my opinion. At least you still enjoy it. At least it's not, it's one of those things that you didn't come back to. You're like, oh man, this fucking blows. That'd be even worse. No, no I found your Tumblr page where you just shit talk me and say, oh, Savannah's uh, music choices, they're so poopy. Uh, Tumblr things. I found that. So who the fuck told you? Uh, your sister. That bitch yeah who will remain unnamed until i find their name <laughs> i don't know if you will i don't even know if she's on social media anymore one day i don't even know if she watches this podcast when i say you bitch she won't probably won't respond <laughs> i can guarantee it good i told her to request an album she's like i'll do it and then didn't do it and that was like three seasons ago i've i've been asking my partner to do the same thing it's like once he's like, oh, you should do this band. And I'm like, yeah, just go to the website and request it. It's, oh, well, literally one click, two click, type some stuff, you're done. Maybe yeah. one more click after that. And realistically, you don't have to type a whole lot. Like, sort of go off here, but you don't even have to type a lot. There's there's a lot that's optional on there. We yeah. we just, like, just, just the only, the most you have to type is literally the, the album name and the title for it. Other than mm-hmm. that, you don't have to tell us anything else about it, like why you like it. You don't have to tell us rankings, ratings. That's optional. It's preferred, but it's optional. It's super easy, folks. As a matter of fact, I challenge you to click on the request form and check it out and prove me wrong and see, tell me how difficult it is. RateTheRecord.ca. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the best improvised um, throwout, like, ever. I love it. And all because oh we're God. talking about siblings and or partners here. So that, that's that's where it came, what it came down to for us. Oh, excuse me. Oh, I was choking on my own saliva. That was funny. All See, right. We're usually so bad at these transitions because we're kind of clumsy. Song number seven, clumsy. I respect all of these today only because they seem so natural. And no, the big you, dumb it, rocket one was not <laughs> natural. Do not oh, applaud to, that. <laughs> you had to think of that one? I don't think of any of them. Are you kidding me? These come off the top of my head. That one was just particularly shitty. Uh, fair. Um, so this song, uh, just a little personal attachment I have to it. Uh, I got my full-size keyboard about a year after this album's released, and I felt so proud of myself when I played the intro piano bit to the song. I'm easily um, amused, if that wasn't obvious. Um, It's still the only Our Lady piece, anything that I can play, but I still own the keyboard, and it's the only one that I've ever had, so. I I just imagine you getting to that last note in the intro, and the the piano continues on, but then you just like, yeah, and then just walk (laughs) away from the keyboard smiling, happy, but the rest of the song is still going on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I put a brick on that pedal and just let it ring out forever. Oh, okay, whatever. It's it's your cute keyboard. I don't give a shit. It's your childhood. I don't give a shit about your childhood. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah, clumsy. That's all. We're we're at the halfway point. We're at the title track. We're on side B now. It's interesting that um, we've talked about this on previous albums too. When um albums like self not self titled but uh, title tracks appear on the B side, not the A side. Because you think it would yeah. be like more of a seller. Uh. God, I don't even remember which ones we've done now that do that. But still, the idea is it feels kind of strange, but I guess it's a better way to get people to flip the record over, I guess, in a manner of speaking. Yeah. I guess in the 90s, records weren't popular, so it got you to keep listening to the CD. Right. (laughs) See, see, kids, this is a record. You have to flip this shit. 
Anyways, as if you didn't know that already. Uh, yeah, I, I I think the piano is definitely one of the bigger strengths of this song altogether. Um, it's a little quiet in the background, but I think it really plays a big part in like the gentleness of the verse. Although in the second verse, like it's replaced by like this noisier electric guitar that's like kind of quiet, just doing a quieter melody. I, th- I think he might even be using an Ebo on the strings, which is like kind of like an infinite sustain that you can just kind of play and like it never stops the note. Huh? Um, I think it fits very well melodically there too. So like there's a lot of good compositional choices in the song. And I did note earlier that I was going to be saying that for a few songs coming up. And this is definitely one of them. Excellent. Uh, the hand drums, the hand drums at the beginning. I don't know if they make an appearance farther into the song, but as soon as I heard them, I made a note because I really did enjoy them. Um, I think that this is very, very good as a title song because it perfectly shows the band's sound for like someone unaware. It's a little quiet and slow at the beginning. And then you get the big sort of come together for the chorus. And really that's what they've been doing this entire time up until now on this album. So if so, if you buy the, the CD or the record, well, mostly the CD, because the record clearly you're going to listen to side A first, maybe. Um, but the uh, long side down first. Well, that's true, and I've never owned a record player in my life. Um, but uh, for someone who's net like uninitiated, you'd probably go to the uh, title track. You're like, okay, let's see what they're about, and I think that this is a perfect song to do that with. And uh, I really like the bridge. It is just another. There are some bridges on this album that just aren't very good, uh, but this is one that I'm willing to cross. Very pleasing. Yeah, uh, uh, that kind of ties in with me just saying, as I said before, like uh, there's a lot of good compositional choices in this track mm-hmm. in this album. But yeah, this song specific since we're here and speaking of good compositional choices too, like uh, the pre-chorus of this song is, is fantastic. As a matter of fact, it's so good. It usually makes me forget about the chorus altogether. Yeah. Uh, great transition, great energy to carry everything forward. But just like. I don't know, the idea of it just, like, I'll be waving my hand, watching you drown, watching you scream, no one's around type thing. Um, I don't know. It's such a, it's a very strong pre-chorus, and it kind of, like, gets a little bit more restrained in the chorus, so I think, like, the pre-chorus is, like, a huge moment. It's probably one of the most memorable moments for me in this song, so I think that's really good. They did a great job there, and, yeah, just good stuff. I 100% agree, and as I am skimming my notes, everything else I have repeated at least three times, so I am ready to uh, not do it a fourth. Cool. Then we move on to song number eight. Hello, Oscar. This one, to me, very 1997. Um, Sounds a product of his time for sure. Um, And to be quite honest with you, um, at this point, I would have just turned the CD off. I was done with it. I don't think I've ever heard these last four songs before. Um, I Oh, <laughs> how does this feel so long while being the literal shortest song on the album? Probably because it's not that interesting of a song. It's not. And so when you're not I having a good time, agree. it always feels longer. Yeah, right? Um. I do kind of agree that this feels like a 90s thing. Uh, so we were kind of on the same point. I know that you want to see yeah. a match on that. I actually made a specific note saying, this feels like a track that could have easily been found on Pearl Jam's Vitalogy. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Like, I don't know. There's just something about the composition and even like the the lyrics and the vocal structure too. 
I could like hear Eddie Vedder singing this. I can I can hear them playing this song too. So I was like, okay, cool. And obviously, like that album's gonna be a little stronger in my head, considering we just did it like not too long ago. Yeah. So yeah, like I don't know. Reminded me of that I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, this, as I said, this one feels like a bit of a filler track. Um, yeah. There's not too much to say about it. I I like a good chunk of the guitar passages and like layers on this track. But like I feel like that alone just carries the track, and that's kind of a problem because like you can't just have one thing carry the song unless the song is literally one thing. Yeah. Uh, and also, I I know you love those repetitions at the end. The repetition of mine got tiresome really fast because unlike you know like automatic flowers for example, whereas like mm-hmm. it, it did like a bunch of different things by that saying one's one good. Do. Whereas this yeah, one just like mine, 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 mine. Like it just yeah. like this one was just repetitive and annoying. It kept going, so like that bothered me um yes um i definitely agree oh my god every time you make a point i'm like yeah jump off that point and then as soon as you stop talking i get some sort of microphone fright or something and stuff like that and it's just i have no idea it's just dead now that's fine my brain is literally wet beans um so I found that the bridge sounded like the song had changed. Um, I don't feel like it really did much. It feels like an amalgamation of different ideas. Um, and the end of the song, like looking past the vocal repetition, um, I did like the drums again as the song is ending. It's kind of like a gallop. And I found that like interesting and uh, fun to listen to. But my last note just says, M-E-H. Meh. So I guess that's really uh, that's really how it feels. And I, I guess that's all we have to say about it, too, because, again, yeah, it is like three minutes and one second. So it's it's the shortest track on the album. Somehow yep. felt longer. Wasn't all that interesting. But, again, we're on the B-side, so you can't expect, like, they can't all be gold on the B-side. That's not what the B-side's for. Mm, but some gold would be, would be nice. Clumsy. Clumsy's the beginning more- of the B-side. A little more gold. Okay, well, there you go. Well, maybe the next track will do that, or maybe it'll let you down. Song number nine, let you down. See, I improvise these. These aren't written because it has to go off our conversation. Well, it does. Um, Now, I don't have... And it's funny. um, I'm just going to read it all in order. Um, This sounds like a Navid reject. Very 1993-1994 feels like that it was it was supposed to be on their uh, their debut album. Uh, during the bridge, the guitars are very squeaky, and I'm definitely not a fan of that. Uh, the chorus is fun, but then immediately goes into an interpolation of "Hello, I Love You." They front loaded this album so hard, and this song let me down. <laughs> ah, so it did let you down. It there did. You go. <laughs> I I couldn't lead with that, but yes. Well, it, the workup was better. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I, I I thought it was like cool to have like that deeper percussive work on this one at, at the very least to, to drive the uh, rhythm of the verse. I like that kind of stuff. It worked well here. And again, if you've been here long enough on the podcast, you know I just don't shut up about that shit. So hello, welcome to the show. Um, I, I, again, I, that loving that balance of like guitar and bass work in the verse. You know, like how the guitars are just kind of like doing like weird sound effect stuff, and the bass is still yeah. just kind of like driving. Yeah, that was happening here. Song. So I do like that. Uh, it feels better just having those occasional things sprinkled in. I like that. Um, yeah, this one doesn't have the strongest chorus at all, but it's definitely better than some of the others on the album, I will say. Like, there are some mm-hmm. choruses that just blow. 
Um, and then my, my my other note is just an anecdote. <laughs> this also ties in with the very end of the song as well. Tell me a rain made a didn't get into a fight with the others in the studio. And they told him, you know, it really bothers us when you feel you need to get the last word in. And then at the very <laughs> end of the track, you only hear his voice say bothers you like the troll he is. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Cause like the song was over and just out of nowhere, you hear him say bothers you. And was, that's when that anecdote came to my head. I was like, Hey, he probably like fought with them and just added that in after they had left the studio. Yeah. It, it's like when you're arguing with someone and uh, you walk away and you mutter something and they're like, what? And you're like nothing. And then you mutter it even quieter. And you're like, yeah, I got the last word. I really stuck it to him. Yeah, and this was uh, what Mike Turner's like, strike one before he left the band. Probably this album, strike two, next album, strike three, last album, out of the band. That's it, done. Essentially, so like this this was the beginning of the end. Yep. Uh, Actually, I think the beginning of the end was apparently when he was nearly fired from the band a long time ago, actually. Like around the beginning. He was almost replaced, but then they ended up replacing the bass player instead because Rain Made apparently was like, it's either you or him. They chose him. Oh, and not, not, him being not Michael Turner, yeah. being the, the the other bass player, and then that's when Rain's like, "Oh, I know this guy from school. We could just bring him in, and that's the bass player that's there now." Yeah, interesting. That's funny. All right, we're almost done. Penultimate song, song number ten, "The Story of a Hundred Isles." Um, I have a performance for this one, so I would like let you go first, um, and then I will continue on. Thank you. Am I gonna have to like clip this for the best of a performance? You say more than likely, yes. Uh, it just reminds me of something of like a mall soft where you'd be in like a dead mall shopping and just like you go through all these 100 aisles just doing whatever the hell and like and they, they call it pain too it's like yeah because like you, 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 he said something like you don't want this or you don't need this or something like that I'm just like he's literally just reading my grocery the way I grocery shop oh my, oh my god Um, yeah it bothered me that this song started like the bridge of the song, like as if it was a bridge. Mm-hmm. It felt like I missed half the track by the time it kicked in. Like, I was just like, what the hell is happening here? Like, I actually had to make sure I didn't like skip anything. Uh, there's some interesting <laughs> moments uh, put sporadically throughout the track, but there's like not enough to really keep me excited. Once again, uh, I'm not actually really a fan of the quieter verses in this song either. But in the choruses start feeling very butt rock esque. So well, nothing all that remarkable about it. Uh, just another filler on the B side. Why not? I agree. I like the chorus music. Uh, I always have to specify whether I like the music or the chorus in general, because sometimes the the lyrics, not lyrics, the vocals, uh, they seem kind of like, I don't know, cut and paste in there. And it just kind of doesn't feel like it fits. Uh, but the music, I enjoyed it. It was good. Uh, there is something about this song that feels undone. The bridge felt awkward, but the chorus is okay. And instead of the story of a hundred isles, I shall sing you the story of a girl by renowned Long Island band Nine Days. Now hurry! Now just wait. We're probably going to get cut for this copyright strike. Because you're too I, perfect. Tr- trust me, none of these notes are going to hit. <clears throat> This is the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. And while she looks so sad in photographs, I absolutely love her when she smiles. How many days in a year? No, you're not going through the whole song, God. I gave you the course and that's it. You get the hook. And that is my review for the story of 100 Isles. Oh. 
that fucking song. Who who was that I was watching? That was like, this is the story of my dad who cried a river and was my whole dad. Someone said that. And when I first heard that, that was fucking hilarious. I can't remember where I've seen that. Before. What's that? Before. That's funny. I was going to say, you keep cutting out. So I'll just say, before. Uh, I am laughing too much only because I've never heard that. And I think the idea is hilarious. <laughs> I like, I just thought like how obnoxious is. I can't remember where I heard that, but I heard that somewhere on YouTube. That's a funny. vast, vast website. Anyways, we can move on from the story of 100 Isles because uh, I got through that store very quickly. It was a very dull and boring store. Very much so. 100 Isles, I maybe shopped two of them. All right, so on, on my way home from the store, I got into song number 11, Car Crash. Oh, well, hopefully the song isn't a car crash. Um, now, in this one, I did mention that I I heard some obvious bass um but like obviously you hear bass and all the other songs and whatnot but this one it was just like i, I don't want to say featured but nothing was covering it which is nice uh i found that they didn't mix the bass very loud in this album so very last track um hearing some of it on its own kind of nice um and rain's falsetto is actually kind of nice in this song there's no yelling there's no straining although sometimes he borders on mosquito oh oh like during the courses when you hear hold that <laughs> that's all i hear it's a buzzing mosquito i'm like ah get on my ears I, I disagree that the bass was wasn't mixed well in this album. Like I I didn't have a problem hearing it. And like oh, actually, yeah? that's kind of how how in Superman's Dead I heard like all this like extra stuff I hadn't heard before. Probably because yeah. I was like listening to it through like a, a TV or like a like a radio stereo. I, I mentioned that earlier. But yeah. In yeah. in headphones though, like I heard a lot more of it this time around. So I thought it was actually really yeah. interesting to be able to like focus more on it. So I don't know. Maybe just we listened differently and paid attention to different things i don't know uh but speaking of the bass though um i speaking of its productions more specifically like i feel like i'm crazy and i guess you can't answer this because you didn't notice the bass anywhere else on the album like i wonder if i'm going crazy because like this one's it sounds like the tone of the bass is far flatter than the previous tracks like it just it sounds far more mucky and i mean oh, like really? it, it's not it's not like that would be impossible to happen but like the bass sounded so similar in the other tracks so the change up here like this would have been weird like i feel like they had like the low the, the lows and the low mids up a little too high and they should have had more highs and high mids and all that kind of stuff you mm -hmm. know proper eqing for the bass that would have been nice uh, i didn't hate it though like it, it's fine and as a matter of fact i i, I do dig this track like this is another one that has like that darker and moodier atmosphere to mm -hmm. the whole thing. I really like that, especially in the verses, because like it just feels very e eerie. Uh, some of the chord changes are really cool and just like feel very unsettling. So I like what they're going with at the end of this album so far. I dig it. Um, I agree ish. Um, it's OK. So the music for the most part on this entire album and this song. Good. I like it. Uh, I have like no qualms about that. Uh, I did like the song up until the last 20 seconds. Um, it was all good. Decent. Okay. These, this is just what I wrote the last three, three points. It's a long song, but I didn't mind it until the last 20 seconds. Decent song to go out on, but I do really want to, I, but do I really want to hear the last three tracks to get to this one? 
okay, change my mind. I don't want any more fucking improv. The song was nice, but then it's just at certain points, I just wish that things would be a little bit more straightforward and less like all the time. Restrain yourself, sir. Restrain yourself, sir. I hope that Chantel Kraviasik restrains him because he seems incapable. Also, that's another uh, Canadian singer-songwriter that uh, they are married. They are they are a Canadian music power couple. I don't think any American knows who she is. Has, has she broken international borders? I highly doubt it. I would say here in Canada, she did fairly well, but I don't think she's ever broken borders. She she is a um, cooler Sarah McLaughlin. Do, do Americans know who Sarah McLaughlin is? She's the one who sings in the arms of the angel. If you've ever seen a sad dog commercial. Oh so. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'm going to get copyright struck. That's too perfect. I was just going to keep singing the song, but yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I do like the song. But it's funny how my other two notes I got this for are actually kind of like negative. Um, the guitar solo towards the end felt a little naked. I like the solo, but the problem is like that it's like a higher tone mix with, mixed with like a quieter bass in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there should have been like a second guitar lay in there to fill up like the midsection and everything like that. Maybe just playing chords or something. I think that would have felt way better fitting. So I don't know. The solo felt a little bare to me. Wish it was produced a little differently it uh, definitely could have ended better too uh because it did drag for a while it didn't have to be five minutes to seven seconds like if you had like a, a soft dark like ring out maybe instead of like you know that long fading continuous playing never-ending song i think the ending would have been so much better they would have stuck it a lot harder it just didn't feel like a good ending to the song especially knowing that it ends the album too yeah so i don't know it has weak points, but actually, overall, I do really, I actually do like this song. Like, I, I thought there was like a lot I enjoyed more than I hated about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that darker atmosphere. I like that things are coming down a little bit more, even with like slightly heavier points. So I don't know. I, I not, not bad, not bad. I have no faith in our matches. Oh yeah, zero, zero, absolutely nothing. Yeah, we we because we, we are at the end now, so we can safely say that. But will you match with us? We got to find out. Thank you very much, though, for uh, tuning in, making it this far if you have. And we do want to know your opinions on the albums because it's not just us. You're part of this, too. So if you have an opinion on Our Lady Pieces Clumsy album, let us know down in the comments below of wherever you're listening and or watching because there's comment sections everywhere. But while you're formulating that opinion, you can tell us more opinions like your song rankings and album ratings because we're doing that now. So above our heads, booms, graphics have changed. There are names. There are numbers. There's going to be more names, song names to be specific because now it's time to take the song. 11 to 1 and rank them worst to best not so great to great whatever uh rain made his low range to his high range i mean you can do whatever you want name it whatever you want but we have to do that now on each side <laughs> i'm just imagining uh putting on video now clearly not happening um but uh but it's just different degrees of Rain Maida's face with his mouth open, where it's like a little mouth open. It's like, oh, okay, that's, you know, number 11. And then as you go, his mouth gets wider and wider until he's pretty much like screaming in falsetto for number one. I like imagining it's uncanny. His mouth is open like a good eight <laughs> or nine inches. So like his two sets of teeth are like like eight inches apart. <laughs> that is That is creepy and terrifying. 
Did you just give me work in editing? Because I will do that. <laughs> Maybe. It's up to you. Somewhere on the screen, I, I should probably put Ray made his face getting bigger. But I need to find a, a picture of him. Like, in my head, I see him with, like, like his eyes aren't wide. They're kind of, like, just, like, casual slacking. Yeah. And, like, I need his mouth open, like, ah. Like, as if he's saying a word, like, ah. And so then I can just Photoshop, like, bigger, bigger, bigger each time. So by the end, it's just, like, fucking giant. And then maybe I'll throw a cheeseburger in there somewhere. <laughs> Anyways, we got a job to do now. We should yeah, do yeah, I regret saying anything. Oh, it's going to be great. And you won't even watch it because you don't watch our episodes anyway. Song number 11. Hello, Oscar. The story of a hundred aisles. Was a river and was my whole dad. Song number 10. The story of a hundred aisles. Damn it. Car crash. That's okay. Idols has the better song called Car Crash off of their ultra mono out. Nope crawler album anyways number nine shaking let you down you sure did i'm feeling really let down myself yeah there's there's zero hope for matches at this point number eight carnival hello oscar goodbye savannah <laughs> yeah you know. Uh, number seven, big dumb rock oh, oh Jesus wow, Lord. It. it was a middle one not one finally big dumb stupid dumbass oh. rocket I almost, oh my god i almost wrote just... big dumbass rocket on my paper <laughs> oh my god we 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 sprinted the summit and now we're just gonna fall right back down the other side well i hate to do it but number six now gonna let you down oh number six superman's dead ah uh, yeah yeah number five clumsy automatic flowers that won't do. You are fucking. I. I'm going to give you, uh, your your flowers. Like you need all of your transitions and dumbass puns have been fantastic. So thank I'm you for that for better. once. For once. <laughs> but I like how my worst one today, Big Dumb Rock, was actually our match. I've, <laughs> I got to go back to doing terrible transitions. <laughs> Song number four, car crash. Clumsy. Clumsy. Number three, Superman's dead. 4 a.m. And that's it. Yeah, because number two, 4 a.m. Number two, shaking. And number one, automatic flowers. Carnival. I like that song. Well, I mean, obviously, I like that song. It's my number one. I, I put the song in the same order you did, though, because you said shaking, then carnival. I did the same thing. So there you go. That's a, yeah. that's a weird match-ish thing, whatever. I don't know. Nice. Well, one, we'll take it. That breaks the streak of zeros we've had for like the last three-ish weeks or whatever. So I don't, I don't even count anymore. Nice. Nice. Uh, Should I a, dab? That's a damn lie. I do count, but I don't remember anything. I'm too old to remember. There you go. That's even more depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's shake off the depression and find out where we're rating this record. Uh, that's because that's what we do now. So let's do that. Swish. All right, here we are on the album rating screen, and there is sure a lot of albums on here. Oh, my God, especially in the beater. It's like taking up most of the page because uh, we added to that last week when we did the request for Willwood and the Tapeworms and their album Selfish. That's also a B-tier album. Will uh -huh. Our Lady Pieces Clumsy be a B-tier album uh -huh. today? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God, you deserve a raise, honestly. Uh, yeah, so uh, how about we just do like but we'll make the pay swap from like 50-50 to 80-20 now. Okay, I agree. 
Okay, so am I going first? Or <laughs> you sure are because I chose the album. Okay, so now I know that I was spouting some bullshit criticisms, but I rated this album a lot higher than I thought, only because my top three songs I really, really like. Tens. And then like the bottom couple, I didn't like at all. So it really kind of balanced in the middle. And I give this album 76.90 out a woohoos out of a hundred. 76.90. That's not bad at all. Right? I like how you said you you, you rated it higher than you were anticipating, but meanwhile, it's still like I that's lower than I was anticipating. Uh it definitely well, I guess halfway through the album, after we got past clumsy, and I'm like, oh, all the singles, all the songs that I like that I know, those are over. Um, I was like, okay, I can rank this a little, little high and then listen to the last four tracks went, yeah, don't like this. And then I figured I was going to tank it, but uh, didn't happen. So I'm, I stand by it. Well, this podcast debuts on a Monday morning. That's when all our podcasts debut. And I love the smell of beets here in the morning because uh, <laughs> I did that too. I gave it a 78.63 and all right. mm, that beets here is cooking good on the air there. 77.76. 77.76 is better than the Tragically Hip, but David Bowie is still holding on to, to his position better than Our Lady Peace. There are a lot of Canadians who are going to be very angry about that choice. <laughs> How dare Oopsies. you like OLP better than the hip? Uh, by 0.44 something of a percent. So, What can you say? Hmm. Another damn B-tier album is what you can say, because uh, that's exactly what the hell just happened. Typical. We really need to get some albums filmed at the C&T, dear. We need to have a stinker of a season. Like, we need, like, season six is just going to be absolute horseshit. Uh, seeing some of the things that I have inserted myself, I have almost guaranteed to fulfill your request. I think I'm going to purposely just rate one of your albums low, even if I like it. I'm just going to do it for the Whoa. sake of filling up the C or D tier. That's called I drama. See, <laughs> I, I see the record of the album that you completely tanked in your background. I'm like, so what's that? You just swing and just knock everything down. You're like, nothing, nothing. You saw nothing. I, I kind of did that, though, when we did um, Band on the Run. Like, I own the vinyl, but I gave it like a 67 or something like that. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not above doing that. Fair enough. I'm below in the C tier. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that's uh, that's how we rated Our Lady Peace in the 1997 album Clumsy. How did you rate it? How did you rank the songs and everything? So let us know down below wherever you're listening in the comments uh, because there's comment sections everywhere. So we would greatly appreciate that you did that because, you know, interaction's fun. Our opinions aren't the only ones here. Yours are too. Uh, with that said, thank you very much for making it all the way to the end. That We're glad that you're here. We're glad that you made it this far and we're glad that you decided to keep hanging out with us uh, and make sure you show us that support. Like I said before, like, subscribe, rate, share, comment, follow do all those things that you, and you find all the places to do them over at rate the record.ca streaming links social links rtr club merch and requesting albums we'll do your request albums not all of them obviously uh, within limit we can yeah. say no to some but uh more often than not we'll say yes i mean th th there's very few exceptions let's say that much but anyways mm -hmm. try it try your luck why not rate the record.ca check it out and uh who knows maybe your album will be coming up soon
I have a very good track record with liking a lot of the requested albums that bands from (laughs) no uh, from bands that I've never heard of, like Krungbin and Carpenter Brute and everything. So, I mean, if you think we won't like it, who knows? Requested anyways. And we may a tier something again eventually. Hopefully We've actually a decent amount of A tiers this year. I think if we get one more A tier and then the last handful of episodes that we have in season five, we actually break yeah. the record for the most A tiers we've had in one season. Really? We're tied for the record right now. So we next week we need to A tier something. Well, okay, we, wow. we have a, we have a few more episodes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about. It. I'm like, we'll see, we'll see. But I do have a spoiler, if uh, if I may. Oh, yes, that thing we do before we let you go for the end of the episode. Yes, Savannah, what's what's happening next week? Okay, so the last time, I'm pretty sure that the last time I gave a spoiler, it was for Will Wood, which was a second time request. Yes. This is, again, a second time request. Stop requesting the same band, guys. It's getting old. But that's what we have next week. We have a band that's making their another appearance. I don't want to say if it was second, third, or fourth, um, but they're making another appearance, and it is another request, and that is all that I am giving you because anything else will be make it too easy. It, and I, I've been hinting at a while that we we do have like a season four request coming up at some point. We had Will Wood, and I said it was going to be two albums, and so yeah. next week is the second of those requests. And so if you really want an even tighter, uh, a tighter clue, it ha- it's a minimum of six months that we have to wait between bands that we do. So go yeah. ahead and scour it. But no one's listening right now anyway, so no one's going to. It's fine. No one tunes into this part. <laughs> yeah, no, the only the only reason that this part is still playing is because they're listening to it on their phone and the phone is too out of reach and they're on the toilet. And they're like, oh, I guess I'll just listen to it. Or couples really like this, and it's the Netflix thing where it's like, are you still watching? We're at this point right now while they're just finishing. (laughs) It's okay. We've we've finished too. <laughs> My part of this is over. Thank you guys. Oh we're, no, we're we're both done. We've both finished. It's all good. All four of us has finished. Isn't that lovely? It's a beautiful <laughs> feeling. Anyways, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. So until we see you next week, go listen to some awesome music. Like our lady peace. Give them a try, Americans, and we'll see you again real soon. So take care, friends. I might not be here next week. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>